0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malt House Games podcast. This is episode number 63. It is Saturday, April 4th. This will be releasing April 5th.
1: But days of the week don't exist anymore. We're in quarantine.
0: It feels like they don't exist for sure. My name is Delton. I'll be your host this evening. And with me today is my lovely wife and yellow player, Haley.
1: Hattie, Hattie. It doesn't help that I actually work today, too. And so my days of the week schedule is all jacked up.
0: That's very true. It's weird to have to do something on a Saturday, but like for you, it makes sense because it was a training. But
1: yeah, we we give trainings at our work, and generally they're in person trainings. But you know, being that uh, it is April twenty twenty, for those of you listening to this, probably eons from now, uh, we're at safer at home because our governor has not yet put in shelter in place, which is ridiculous. But our board of behavioral health recently said that we can start streaming our trainings instead of doing them in in live person. That way, we therapists can still get our continuing education credits without getting the plague.
0: Which is a very good thing.
1: A very good thing.
0: There's not been a whole lot we can do being on quarantine. That's been something we are experiencing and learning. We've watched a lot of TV.
1: I listened to the rain and I played guitar.
0: That's true. We got our back fence replaced, did some yard work. Took a bath for the first time in about four years. Yeah, we never take baths. She means we shower. <laughs> not that she's dirty. <laughs> Uh, but we have a bathtub in the guest bathroom dirty, that we never use.
1: Dirty, dirty. Such a dirty girl.
0: Wasn't that on that one playlist I had? Yeah, it was. I thought so.
1: But yeah, I took a bath. You have no idea. If you haven't taken a bath in at least a year, you forget just how relaxing it is. I uh, had a bath. I put like bubbles and I had this bath bomb that was given to me um, as a gift like four years ago. And I threw that in there and I got a book. And uh, we were kind of getting low on our alcohol, so I put uh, tequila and a La Croix. And it was the most basic drink, but by God, it got the job done. And it was a relaxing experience.
0: She means a lacroix. La Croix. A La Croix. She put. La Croix. you say vodka in lacroix?
1: No, tequila, because I ran tequila. out of vodka. Oh. Like it was gin, <laughs> and then it was vodka, and then it was tequila. And probably next to me putting Malibu rum in it, because that's what's next on the, we the need, list.
0: We need to do liquor delivery, because Oklahoma has legalized it temporarily where you can have liquor delivered
1: until april 30th for now
0: so we should just do that sometime to restock our vodka
1: gates and ben had both suggested on twitter i do like a review of our liquor cabinet liquors and board games so i really want to do and i'm i'm going to speak this into the universe so i actually get it done this week i want to do like many stupid unedited unedited videos where i pair a two-player game with some of the random liquor that friends and classmates and old coworkers have left at our house as we've done parties. So we have like Jolly Rancher vodka. I have like three bottles of peppermint schnapps. I have a bottle of Goldschläger. I have the most nice. random assortment of liquor, and it's all terrible. Like it's not even—it's not the good kind of uh, peppermint schnapps. It's like the eight dollars or seven eighty-eight for a handle schnapps. But by God, I'll get the job done. I bet you I can pair it with some good two-player games. So stay tuned.
0: We'll have to do that. We'll just do it and post it to just straight up video. No edits, like you said. No edits, man. It's coming in hot. That will be pretty great. But aside from that, like I said, we've replaced the back fence, done some yard work. We've went on walks in the neighborhood. And I'm going to go ahead and say I'm very glad that Rough Tail Brewing has moved literally three miles down the road from us instead of down in Midwest City, which was like a 30 minute drive.
1: I have left my house twice in two and a half weeks. Both times we're doing their pickup for a beer.
0: Because we run out of beer and we need it for the podcast, but also... Oh, yeah, that's the only reason. We need it in general. Uh, The first beer today we've already cracked and poured and have ready to drink because, you know, that's how we are. This is their Polar Eclipse Imperial Stout, which I don't know if we've had it on the podcast before, but it's a very good Imperial Stout. But however, this is a special one because this is Rum Barrel Aged. It's a 12 ounce can. It does not say an alcohol content, and it says it's best served at 50 to 55 degrees, which is, I think, a little over that.
1: Which I picked that up last night, and the taproom manager said that we picked the perfect day to get it because it's a rainy day. It is about, probably about 45 degrees here in Oklahoma.
0: Yesterday, it was colder than that.
1: Yeah, it was it was very it was 36 yesterday whenever I went to get it at four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And today I think it's in the high in the forties. And so this should warm us right up before we have another 90 degree day on Tuesday.
0: It is black as night. You cannot see through it at all. Let's give it a whiff.
1: Oh my god, it smells wonderful. So
0: I smell like a sugary. Like a it's very like toffee. Almost yeah.
1: Like toffee or like homemade
0: caramel. It's like a very not a burnt sugar, but like a caramelized sugar. I smell that in there. It just smells mm. smells so sweet, and I know that's from the rum barrels,
1: oh God, are you ready for a All drink? Right,
0: go for a drink i'm gonna I'm gonna narrate your drinking process. Haley takes a sip and puts her glass down, swallows, and is mind blown by the looks of it.
1: Oh, man, it tastes like like if you had a you know the the sugar cookies that are a little more burnt but they're not like burnt burnt, they're like a little more toasted on the pan,
0: yeah, that's what this tastes like definitely the the mouth feel is like. It's not syrupy, but it's thick, if that makes any sense. It's not like lingering thick, but it's definitely not a thin beer. When you take a drink, it's got substance. It's like the difference between uh, whole milk and skim milk. This is whole milk. There's a substance to it, a weight. You
1: dip that caramel cookie in that whole milk, man. And this beer was $10 for one 12 ounce can.
0: It's because it's so good.
1: Like their Crowlers, we're going to drink one of their Crowlers later. They're like six to. $10 $10 for a 30-ounce can. This is one 12-ounce can that was $10, and it is worth it. Oh, my gosh. It's delicious.
0: It's very malty, very sugary, very sweet. There's a tiny, tiny, tiny hint of the ethanol on the backside. There's basically no, like, uh, no forward hot profile, as you would expect in an Imperial Stout. You wouldn't expect there to be a lot of hot profile, and I cannot tell. It's very good. It's super sweet. We're both just drinking it, trying to come up with something else to say. And I that's... know
1: I kind of forgot we had the podcast for a second, just sitting here drinking it, thinking about, it like, oh, man, this is good. And I was like, oh, snap, we're actually being recorded.
0: It's really, really good. Rough Tail is up here, at, just outside of Edmond, on Memorial, Memorial and Santa, Santa Fe, is their brand new r- uh, brewery that they built. On and the southwest have... corner, Memorial and Santa Fe. And they have a, a dr- basically a drive-up window. You pull up and run up to the window and get your beer purchase it and you can leave and i'm so happy it's right here because they're one of the best breweries in oklahoma they're one of the first craft breweries that really opened up back in 2012 and they just make good stuff and i'm very glad we can get it and this is a really good beer yes this is not something you would want to drink on a hot day
1: no it is not so we picked the perfect day to record this podcast that's why we waited until the day before to record the podcast because it's the perfect weather for this beer right
0: exactly I guess the only other thing we've been doing aside from that is uh, we watched Tiger King on Netflix, which is about Joe Exotic and his zoo in Oklahoma. So it's something that we've known about him for years.
1: Dude, Joe Exotic follows me on Twitter. We go way back.
0: It's crazy. It's a crazy (laughs) documentary. Uh, I feel bad for the animals. That's the one big outcome from the whole thing is I just feel bad for all the animals. And all of the people are nuts.
1: I never knew how wild he really was like... Uh, for well, the website I, I write for, uh, Patrick and some of the other contributors had written a lot about him and I'd written an article or two about him and like we'd interacted with some on Twitter. And, like I said, uh, he follows me, I follow him. So there's been a little interaction, but I didn't really realize the extent of the bat shittery. Yeah. And I'm just convinced that now that all, uh, tiger
0: owners are narcissists. I think you have to be to want to own a tiger. It was wild, man. It's crazy. I highly recommend watching it. Just be prepared to be upset in several spots. Like, nothing ever crazily bad, but it just kind of is, sometimes it's a bit of a downer.
1: I'm still really sad I didn't get my yard sign. I was supposed to get a Joe Exotic for Governor Yard sign, but then he went to prison, and I was like, Aw. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess, spoiler alert? I don't know. That happened like a year or two ago.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, So I guess it's not a spoiler for us, but yeah, those who...
0: Oh, I guess the beginning of the whole thing, though, he talks out of prison, doesn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's crazy. We recommend watching that on Netflix for sure.
1: He's kind of terrible to the animals, and I feel really bad for them, but it's still intriguing.
0: It's still very intriguing. But aside from that, we haven't done a whole lot because we're doing quarantine, aside from I had to start going back to work this week because uh, I'm definitely going to be needed with how busy we're about to be. But that's pretty much that.
1: I do want to give a shout out to someone who's awesome, though. Who's that? Cass. Oh, for sure. So uh, Cass is working as an epidemiologist for the state of Oklahoma, which I don't know if we knew this right now, but we are kind of in the middle of a global pandemic. And she has been pulling hours upon hours upon hours to help educate the public and make sure that she is advocating for uh, no proper health treatment and contagion control and all sorts of fancy words I probably don't even understand. But we just want to say thank you to Cass and all of the other epidemiologists, healthcare workers, and essential workers like the grocery store employees and the craft beer brewers. But Cass, thank you so much
0: for all that you're doing. Thanks, friend. I guess while we're thanking friends, I'll go ahead and shout out Allison, Jesse, and Catherine, our amazing Patreon backers. Thank you all for supporting the podcast and helping us keep this up. If anybody wants to be like them, you can check us out at patreon.com slash malthousegames. M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S games.
1: And with that, shall we get into the game de la episode?
0: Let's move to the game. Oh, here's the door. Uh, uh. It's straight ahead. It's, it's a game. So the game for today is a small card game that acts like a big board game. It's kind of how I like to view it. It is Oh My Goods. Now, this is a very small box card game that uh, looks like Mayfair Games put it out. Look out Spiele. I wonder who is putting it out now. I don't know if Mayfair's still technically going to be printing anything. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but Oh My Goods is a small card game. I'm trying to find all of the stuff. It is designed by Alexander Pfister, who is one of my favorite, if not becoming my favorite designer. The graphic design and art of Oh My Goods is done by my personal favorite, Clemens Franz. So Oh My Goods is a very interesting card game that... I like to use as an example of one of my favorite card games or favorite games that uses multi-use cards. So the way the game is going to play is you play it over however many rounds it takes to finish the game and in each round there are four phases. Now the cards that you have are optionally used for three different things. The back of the card shows a crate which acts as a good so when a building produces a good it's the a card goes on top of it uh sort of like race for the galaxy style and that card is now considered the resource that building produces the front side of the card is the building itself that has the cost the point reward and it tells you what resource uh what resources you need to make goods and how you can have chain reactions and then the front of the card also has a little symbol for its third use that is used in setting up the round for the sunrise and sunset as well as being used as a resource from your hand. So there's already a ton of stuff going on with this game. The game goes through four phases. You discard your hand if you want, and you draw some cards. You lay cards off the top of the deck face up until a little sun symbol is shown on one of them. That's when sunrise happens. You take your worker and decide what building you want him to try to make goods at. You then put, flip more cards from the top of the deck out on the field until you get another sun, showing that that's the sunset. Then you produce, if you can, based on those cards you flipped out and the resources on them, or optionally adding resources from your hand. You can produce goods on a card, chain reaction if you can, using more cards from your hand, and then start the next round over. It already sounds complicated, and I swear this game is one of the hardest games for me to teach.
1: Oh my gosh. I, I don't think that I really understood the game until my third play, and only today did I actually win.
0: She beat me by two points. It was very close. It was 20 to 18.
1: And I feel like I still need to play it two or three times before I really get a grasp on it. Because I understand like the multi-use cards. But for me, it's been a challenge uh, navigating, connecting all of the uh, chaining effects. And so uh, this game, I actually did chain finally. And I had cards play off each other. My last round, I was able to activate like four out of my six chains I had out. And so I feel like I'm actually starting to get it. But again, I need to play it a couple more times so I can really say, okay, I understand this game.
0: So what she means by chains, and I mentioned chain reaction as well, is these buildings all have some sort of good they produce. Now, when you do the sunset and sun- or sunrise and sunset phases, like I said, you lay cards out face up, they show a little resource. On every building you have in front of you, which you can add more later by spending money, On every building you have in front of you, on the bottom, on the left, it has a cost of certain resources, and you want to fulfill those costs to be able to make their goods, which are shown in the center of the bottom, by the cards laid out for Sunrise, Sunset, and by discarding cards from your hand. So let's say your initial one, if it takes two clay and one wood, and let's say there's two clay out in the Sunrise, Sunset cards, and you have a wood in your hand, you can discard it, And that will make you, depending on what you do, some goods that are charcoal. Now you have a charcoal good that's worth one coin. Other cards can then have some resource they make, like bricks. And if you make those bricks, you then have the option of chaining. And let's say for those bricks, which is what happened in my game, on the bottom right, so bottom left is the resources needed for the bottom middle good that you can make. And then the chain resources are on the bottom right. After I make the initial goods, I can use the chain, and for brick, it was adding coal to my charcoal, like adding like a natural coal or obsidian or something like that. So I would take the card good from my charcoal stack, put it on the brick, and burn one of those coal or whatever from my hand, and now I have chain reacted and turned basically a one-value good into a two-value good.
1: And the first two times I played this, I was (sighs) confused as hell. It's
0: really hard to explain.
1: I did not grasp it I just floundered I think I got like three points and Delton got like 42 and I was like what am I not understanding and so like literally today was the first time that I won I just barely scrimped by I mean today was also the first time I really feel like I'm understanding it and so you gotta you gotta be patient with this game um you have to read the rules it's probably I probably should have read them myself um not that Delton's not a good explainer but I probably should have read them myself to better understand it but man, it is a it is doozy, but it's actually really fun and really engaging.
0: I really enjoy it. So I'm going to stop trying to teach you the game because, like Haley said, it's tough. I really recommend watching a playthrough video, reading the rulebook yourself, looking at the cards. It's just very interesting. Now, what I really enjoy about the game are you constantly have decisions to make. You have a decision on, do I burn this hand or keep it? You can't burn part of it. You have to burn all of it if you do. Then you'll draw up to that many. So the first thing on your turn is you have a decision of get rid of these cards or keep these cards. Then after the sunrise phase happens, you decide, okay, well, does my worker work efficiently where you get more goods or does he work lazily where you can bypass one resource, but only make one good instead of two. Then also where is, are you going to put him? What building is he going to work on? Then you can decide, do I want to potentially build a building from my hand or not? If I choose to potentially build one, it's not there as a resource. After the sunset phase, when we build stuff and it's like, oh, my goodness, I have to decide all this stuff. And then after the sunset phase, you actually do your things. And if you can chain react and then if you don't build the building, you can also get another companion worker to help. And it's like I'm constantly making decisions. And every decision you make for a card based on one aspect of it makes a decision based on the other aspect. So you may not want this card because it's expensive. However, it chains really well with another one of your cards. However, you could use the resource right now to go ahead and chain and make a new good, and it's there's just constantly something to make a decision on, and so it's engaging in that aspect, and I really enjoy always having to think about my turn.
1: It helps you brush up on your German too, because all of the terms are in German and English.
0: Yeah, the big letters are German, and then in small letters it has the English underneath, which I think is neat.
1: Du meine Güter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I really enjoy multi-use cards as well. That's something that I absolutely love in games. And this one does it so spectacularly well that it's a deck of cards. It's a single deck of cards, essentially, along with like, you know, a couple other that takes 30 to 45 minutes to play. So that tells you the complexity of the game, but also you could fit it in your pocket if you wanted to, or you could fit it in a purse or in your backpack.
1: Yeah, it goes back to like episode two. We talk about purse games. It's definitely a purse game.
0: Now, the table you play on needs to be kind of big. And I don't know about playing this with four people. It might be a little slow. But I really enjoy this game, especially at two. I really think that that's fun. But I also like the expansion Longsdale in Revolt, which is like a story mode of this game. It explains the village and how it came to be. I like that it has a solo variant, so I can actually play through this myself try to get through the story and it helps me learn the game better as well which brings us to our topic for today
1: hey what can i get you
0: i'd like a topic
1: any special way
0: make it a top shelf topic
1: coming up enjoy
0: so the topic for today that we decided to make was gaming in quarantine and what we mean by that is a lot of people are stuck at home right now some people just absolutely cannot leave some people aren't able to go to work because their work's not open. So,
1: Or if you do have to go to work, you kind of got to go straight home.
0: Exactly. There's, there's,
1: especially in Oklahoma, there's a lot of cities right now uh, with curfews. And so you can't yep. actually leave your house after a certain time. Unless it's for an emergency,
0: you know. Exactly. And so everybody's having to do that and stay secluded. So we wanted to think about how can you get your gaming itch taken care of? How can you scratch that gaming itch while in quarantine? One of the things that I think is the most, is the easiest thing is no matter how many people live in your home, you can always play games by yourself if that's something that you choose to do. And Oh My Goods with the Longsdale and Revolt expansion, which I do really enjoy, you can play it by yourself. So I was like, that kind of is an easy tie in there.
1: And a lot of roll and rights are the same way. So take uh, Welcome to Cat uh, Sudoku. Uh, we can talk about Railroad Inc. If you wanted to, each of those could be a a solo game. You're just trying to beat your own score.
0: Exactly. And they usually have solo rules in there as well. Mm -hmm. So that's something that is definitely worth looking out for is there's a lot of games with solo. I know that, and thank goodness for this, even though we haven't taken part of it. I know a lot of people have. A lot of our local game stores are doing delivery where you call them or go online, purchase a game, and they will schedule a day to drive by and drop it at your front porch. And I think that is the most awesome thing because it's helping us like if we were wanting to get a new game, we just felt stale. That's a possibility. If we wanted a game that was solo because, you know, we just didn't want to do anything else or we were keeping separated from each other because, you know, someone had to leave, something like that, whatever your circumstance, you could then get the game in. And I know a lot of game shops are doing that.
1: I had no idea that was a thing. We might have to break our no game buying rule just to support our friendly local game shop.
0: Yeah, PB&J is doing delivery and I think Edmund Unplugged is also started delivery. I know that he was doing um, Curbside, Mm -hmm. but I think that he might be doing, Mike might be doing uh, delivery as well. I'll have to look that up.
1: Right on. I love that. No, we've talked so far a lot about little games. There's actually a lot of Euro games that you can play and solo variants as well. Um, One of those is, what is this, Scythe? So Scythe is a, mega behemoth of a game, but there is variations where you can play play by yourself or play with uh, with proxy players, right?
0: Uh I'm not sure the exact system that's built into the game, but yes, it's essentially has like um randomly controlled characters that make things decisions based off how the game is going. And the good thing is pretty much all Stonemeyer games, Wingspan included, has a solo variant mm-hmm. because so many people already like playing games solo. So that just makes it even easier.
1: And Viticulture.
0: And Viticulture definitely has a solo. Take
1: yourself out for a date, self-care, pour a glass of wine, and play some Viticulture.
0: There you go. But there's a ton of games that do it. Uh, Just looking at my To Be Played shelf of games I haven't touched, Maracaibo has a solo variant. I believe Blackout Hong Kong also has a solo variant. I know that Agricola, you could technically play solo. There's a lot of games that have that ability.
1: Yeah, and so... You know, if you're wanting to play those games, you know, sometimes we have family members who are engaged in our hobby and sometimes we don't. And, you know, we just have different tastes. And so if you're at home or if you are in quarantine or shelter in place or safer at home, whatever it's called in your state, and you're really wanting to play those games, you know, sometimes it might be fun to check out. You know, is this going to be a fun game to play by myself? what's a cool solo variant? And even though a game doesn't have the rules for a solo variant, a lot of times you can look on Board Game Geek and you can find people say, hey, I made these modifications or I made these house rules and I made this a solo variant.
0: And there's a lot of times it's even the designer themselves, which I think is really neat. Uh, One of the other things I want to mention with solo games, a lot of the cooperative games are that way. So Pandemic, Ghost Stories. I don't know about games with a traitor mechanic like Shadows Over Camelot and Dead of Winter, but you can play Dead of Winter purely cooperative you can play multiple characters at once. And I think that's something that games of that style and games that are dungeon crawl, so think of your Descents, your Imperial Assaults, your Mansions of Madness, things like that, you can play those controlling multiple characters and essentially at that point, you're playing an entertaining puzzle of a game. But it's something that's very fun and like Ghost Stories is one of the hardest games in the world. No matter what, we can never beat that stupid game. But if I played it by myself, controlling four different people, and it's like, OK, do I think I could do it or is that putting myself at a bigger disadvantage? Because I can make all the moves, but I may be missing something somebody else would think of, but I can try it. Like, yeah, you know, there's all those things put together and it's uh, it's interesting. But cooperative games are definitely one you can do. And like I said, just play multiple characters and it's super fun.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we think about solo play like we, we would always play solo play in Solitaire. I mean, Solitaire is a game that you play just by yourself. Yep. And so there's nothing wrong with playing a board game or playing a card game by yourself because we do it all the time.
0: And there's some that are made for it. There's a game called Onirim that I actually have an app for that is essentially a one-player game, but you can play two. And it's the same with like Arkham Horror, the LCG, the card game. It's really built to be a one-player game. It just happens to also play two. So I think that there are games out there if you look that are easy to adapt to a solo player mindset. And sometimes it's just practicing your Crokinole hits, <laughs> trying to make sure you can get the, sink that disc in the middle. But
1: That's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to become a Crokinole master.
0: We need to play it again. It's been a while. Oh,
1: can we do and that tomorrow?
0: It. We'll do that tomorrow.
1: Oh, yeah. you have your uh, board wax, right?
0: Yes, I waxed it. Sweet action. I need to wax it again, but I have waxed it at least once. And I also taped the pegs. That way they don't fall out.
1: Oh, I'm excited. We because play I have that. the
0: clock. It's hanging on the wall. Yes, that yeah. the cats have chewed on. That's very true. They keep chewing on the clock hands.
1: And so there's also ways that you can play board games with others without leaving your home. Do you want to kind of talk about that, Del?
0: Absolutely. So one of my favorite things to do is there are a lot of board game apps on your phone or iPad, however you want to look at that, or tablets. There are a ton. Like, I'm going to grab my phone right now and pull it up because I have so many.
1: Like, I know that you have Twilight Struggle. I know
0: my mom has Cat Lady. Yes, exactly. And the good thing about these are you can play them solo, but... There is also asynchronous play on 99% of them, which means I take a turn, it alerts my opponent my turn's over, and whenever they get a chance, they can open it and take their turn. Yes, that might be a little slow, however, it's still really entertaining. So just in board games, not including Stardew Valley, I have Waterdeep, so uh, I can't think of the full name of that game. Uh, Oh my goodness, Dungeons and Dragons, Lords of Waterdeep, I have Galaxy Trucker, I have Through the Ages, Twilight Struggle, Evolution, Morels, Ganshern Clever, which I don't know that it has multiplayer, Onitama, not sure if it has multiplayer, Catan, Onirim is solo, Star Realms, which you definitely can play with other people and download all of their extra uh, expansions. I have Baseball Highlights 2045, On Tour, and Tokaido, which was actually free recently. And I have Ticket to Ride. And that's just on my phone, and that's not even near all the games. There's Splendor, uh... I'm blanking on it now, but there's a ton of games on the App Store. And yeah, there might be a few bucks here and there. Some are like $10. But if that's something that you can do and you're interested in, it's definitely available.
1: And something that I've been doing with some of my clients in therapy. So I've switched to teletherapy over the last two weeks. And you know, with my kid clients, I think I've said before, I often reward at the end of session with like five to 10 minutes of a game. I have found Connect4, Uno online, also found, of course, chess, checkers. Um, really, there's tons of like our, our classic board games we think of like the classics the Milton Bradleys that we played as a kid a lot of those are online oh battleship too and each of these are ones that one of us can open send the link to the other one we can both play simultaneously which is fantastic
0: it's very good it's helpful a lot and that actually leads to the next step of the board game world is you actually have if you have a computer a laptop something like that you actually have multiple websites and ways to play games online with other people sometimes they cost sometimes they're free that's going to be up to the individual game, the website, the system, whatever. But there's Board Game Arena, there's Tabletopia, there's Vassal. And I want to say there's one more website itself that I can't think of. But then there's also Tabletop Simulator on Steam, where people have built a lot of games in. Uh, I actually recently, me and Brian, drafted his Magic Cube. I found a way, a website and everything, that can import his cube list into Tabletop Simulator's cards. I then imported a bunch of lands, basic land types. So we drafted and actually played uh, several games of Magic last night. Yeah, it's really awesome. It's very, very cool. And there's all kinds of board games and everything. But if that's something you're looking for, because some people, uh, some people don't like playing games solo, which is understandable. There's something intriguing about still having the tactility of a board game. The fact that you can touch the pieces and move them and maneuver this and flip over that. But then there's also something very awesome about the streamlined like very efficient way to play through an app or a digital version or something like that because some of those mechanics are taken care of so when you do this play it takes care of all the bookkeeping and all the upkeep it grabs the cubes for you you don't have to do it which means there's no setup and there's no teardown
1: there's no 18 minute video of delton putting back together rising sun and all the boxes
0: Yes, there's a terrible video. I did so poorly (laughs) at it.
1: Um, Don't forget, we also played with uh, Jennifer and Nick. We uh, we used Discord to play a game of... Decrypto. Decrypto.
0: Yeah, so there are games you can play through video chats, and it's a fantastic way to do it. Uh, They first showed us that they were doing uh, Welcome 2, where they had a camera up above and another camera on them, and they would flip the cards, and everyone would fill out their sheets as long as you had the Welcome 2 sheets. Well, when we played with them, we played Decrypto, since the other side doesn't need to see what you're doing. uh, You know, we just set up our cards and wrote our clues down and shared all of our information and had a beer and had a good time chatting. And it was nice because I saw Jennifer at Gen Con last year. Haven't seen her since. And I had never got to meet Nick, her husband, and she hadn't got to meet you. And so we all kind of got to meet and have some beer and talk about life and play two games of Decrypto before they went to make dinner. And there are multiple games. You're going to have to really think hard about that, of what games can be played that way. I think just one would work. Decrypto's fine. Any, any of your the rolling rights. rights Jinx, me a zebra. As long as there's not like a really hidden mechanic, like something like T-Rex's Holiday would be fine. You just get out that extra die afterward and then everything's good. But a lot of these games are going to be uh, depend- dependent upon how you want to present it, but you can play games through Skype and stuff like that. So that's also something you can do to be able to get you know live chat time and video chat and see your friends, but also play those games and have fun.
1: Because this social interaction is still important. I mean, even for introverts, we all want that connection, that at interaction, least a with people, at least a little bit. It Doesn't mean that you go out to the club every uh, Friday and Saturday night, but it means that we we do long for that connection. And so, it's really important. We especially during this time to be intentional about that connection, whether that is you know making those phone calls and Skype calls, or really just playing board games with somebody over an app. It's it's important.
0: It really is. But that's the ways in which we see gaming in quarantine. I mean, obviously, there still comes the very simple, very liked by me video games. Video games are still the thing right now. Nerd. And, you know, playing Cube with Brian. I've played a lot of Destiny 2 recently. Uh, I played some Teamfight tactics with Kyle and Cullen last night. And uh, I even streamed today a little bit to to nobody to playing City Skylines for the first time. Because I always wanted to play that city building game. And now I want to restart my city since I have a better grasp of how the game works. And it's just, this is the time that you can do that. And it means more. It kind of shows you how lucky we are that we can connect so quickly and easily with our friends and family. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's something I think feel like is we've taken advantage of a little bit, but now that that's like the only connection we really have, aside from I'm obviously still going to work, aside from that, you know, it's, it's a big thing. So yeah. Yeah. I say, let's crack this next beer before we move to the question. So this second beer is also from Rough Tail. That might be where all of our beers are from in the near future. Because that's the
1: furthest that I'm going because they do curbside and I buy just enough that I can bleach in my car before I drive back home.
0: There you go. So this is a Crowler, which is a 32-ounce can that they fill on site and then seal it. So if if you don't go to breweries or don't drink or have never gotten a growler, a growler is generally a sixty, a 32 to 64, I think even bigger, ounce glass jar that they fill straight from the tap and then seal it off for you. Well, a crowler is a can that they do the same thing, then they actually seal the can the same way they would with a the six-pack they sell in the store. But it's essentially that they fill it up right out of their taps fresh at the tap house, and then you just get to walk off site with it.
1: I, I see this can, and I think about the time that we played Edward Forty Hands. And I think, how did we survive? The time you. Oh yeah, that, that was a rough night. The
0: time you made a bad decision. <laughs>
1: that was a rough night, by God. And our, and one of our friends, a friend Sarah, like duct taped a bottle of wine to her hand, and she just lived the American dream the whole night. I did see a meme that one of my coworkers shared that said, "You can't touch your face if you're playing Edward Forty Hands," and that's correct. Have, for you guys who don't know what Edward Forty Hands, is it's another game that you can play, but play safely,
0: please. Please don't.
1: <laughs> please play safely. Um, it's basically where you duct tape. Uh, two forty-ounce beverages, one to each hand.
0: Generally, a forty-ounce beverage is a malt liquor, like yes. Mi- Mickey's or Old English.
1: I played this with Mickey's because I was young and dumb, and so you duct tape one to each hand, and the rule is you can't unduct tape it until you finish them.
0: Yeah, that's the rule. Uh, nobody likes that game.
1: I have never seen this game played without at least three people throwing up.
0: There you go. <laughs> so this beer from Rough Tail is Road Toad. I have no other information on the can as to what this beer is, what type it is. And I have it pulled up on my phone, but I did not read it. I found the uh, the Facebook post that says it. So we're going to try our best here.
1: Basically, they do, uh, I think, two different brews every week, like two new ones. Yeah. And they kind of rotate it out. And so this one was, this week was uh, Yggdrasil? Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. Say it again.
0: It's basically like Yggdrasil.
1: Yggdrasil. Yeah. It's close enough. Which is like the, the tree in um, Valhalla. It's, it's the wor- right?
0: world tree in Norse mythology.
1: Okay. And this was the other one.
0: Yeah. Ro- road toad.
1: Mmm. It smells really good.
0: It smells very good. It smells a little sweet. There's almost a hint of like orange.
1: It smells almost like a, a sweet sour.
0: Almost like. So let's it's try it. Like a gummy it. worm. So go, go ahead and take a taste. Like gummy a gummy worm. worm. of beers. Oh my gosh. So we don't know what style it is. We're going to just do our best. It's very light in color. Has a good head to it. It smells very sweet and oh, light. Oh wow. Oh wow. Super tart. Oh my geez. Ooh, oh, I got, wow. That got that's me in great. the jaw.
1: That's a very wide difference between the, uh, what is it, polar eclipse, polar and, eclipse yeah. polar, and this. Oh, it's man. It's
0: very, very tart. It's
1: very tart. Oh my goodness.
0: It's very crisp with a good carbonation. You notice a carbonation right up front. It fades a bit as you oh. swallow.
1: It is, it like has the mouthfeel of a cider without the sweetness with more yes. tart. It is, it's still a beer. But it has, like, it feels like a bubbly cider in your mouth.
0: It's not so sweet that it feels, like, thick sweet. And mm-hmm. it's not so dry that it has that super drying outside, like, amount of sweetness, but it's a middle ground. It is very cider-like, though.
1: If this is what toads taste like. I mean, we had we probably have to rethink being vegan. Just get the ones that have been run over on the road. Oh, God.
0: I have no clue as to what type of beer this is. So, there's that.
1: I think it's a Berliner. I think that's what it said.
0: I'm going to read it now. It says our second release is Road Toad. Road turd Road Turd.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm tired.
0: Road Toad is a Berliner Weisse style sour with a pleasant tartness that finishes crisp and refreshing. That is for sure. Oh. It's definitely like a hint of a sour beer, as we said, very tart, and it it's really good.
1: It is very good. It's like an adult gummy worm. That's what
0: it is. It's just like a, it's a, it's a beer version of a cider. It's what it tastes like to me. Like it's not very apply-y, but it's definitely a sour.
1: 10 out of 10 would drink again. Definitely really good. I I would play Edward 30 hands with this.
0: I'm glad we still have a little bit. This is now I'm going to tell you listeners. Normally our beers are a 12 ounce can of beer and we split two 12 ounce cans. This is 30 ounce can, So we had a half of that Polar Express and then now we're going to have two full beers and then there's still some in the can. So just to point that out. It's a
1: wild Saturday night. I'm going to a have a, a rock and bath time with my bubbles here in a rockin minute. and <laughs> bath time. All right, let's
0: move to the question. My rubber ducky. And now, join us for a Malt House Games Podcast special, by Size Question. So the question for today is, how have you made the best of quarantine?
1: So this, I think I, think I know this answer for Delton. What's mine? You have no plans. You're living the Delton dream.
0: Well, that's not how I've made the best of quarantine, but that is me loving the result of quarantine.
1: So how have you made the best of it?
0: There's still some people I want to see and stuff. However, I can stay at home all day, every day and be fine. I have made the best of it by playing a lot of video games with friends. It's I don't get to play many video games with friends often. Like Brian mostly plays on Xbox and I rarely touch my Xbox. But like we get home in the evening, we eat dinner. They get home in the evening. They eat dinner. We watch a little TV and then it's like almost time for bed and Brian and them do basically the same. So we don't get to play video games often, but we already got to play some. And I've been playing with Andrew and Elijah, playing a lot of Destiny 2. I played with Kyle and Cullen. Like, it's nice to be able to spend time playing with friends on video games again. It's rewarding because I miss it. I used to play with people a lot and then it went from a lot to never. And so kind of having that introduce itself a little bit is really... Reinvigorating in a way? It's yeah. kind of strange to say, but I think it's to refreshing. Me, it is refreshing. To me, that that's been the best thing I've done so far is just reliving and finding that love for playing games with friends again.
1: It's like everyone's available to reconnect.
0: <laughs> we all have the time. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Haley? How are you making the best of quarantine?
1: So can I get out my psychology soapbox for a second? If you'd like. So, um, I'm gonna talk a little bit about, you know, these changes when it comes to quarantining and unfortunately losing jobs and really losing extracurriculars. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times we we put a lot of our our self-worth or we put a lot of our identity in our roles. And like me as a therapist, I put a lot of my identity in that. I'm really proud of that. Um, or, you know, my role as a writer or my role as a friend. Well, the problem is with the quarantine, a lot of times a lot of us have lost those roles. We've lost our extracurricular activities, whether that is um, hosting board game nights, being a roller derby person, uh, being an active member in a band, being an active member in some community event, um, unfortunately, sometimes losing a job or losing that ability to connect people. We've, we've lost a lot of these roles. And so in some ways, it feels like we've lost part of our identities in this because we really don't know how long this is going to be. And so you know, there's this uh, basically guide that I went through, this kind of training I went through, and it really focused on instead of looking at our self-worth or our fulfillment through our roles, looking at it through our values. So, you know, if I, I there was one case study I read that was this football player, uh, football player was in the NFL, uh, played for years. That was part of his identity, got injured, paralyzed waist from the waist down, can no longer play football. Well, that's a major role that he lost. And he that was a major part of his identity that he couldn't get back. And so instead of looking at, you know, I've lost this football um, playing ability, I'm never going to get that back. We look at what values were you living by in that? He lived by athleticism. He lived by camaraderie. He lived by competition. And so he ended up volunteering at nursing homes, teaching chess, and that fulfilled that for him. Now you know, I've worked a lot with um, clients who have lost their jobs or lost their extracurricular activities. And so instead of looking at, you know, I've lost this part of me, what values was that serving? Was it the connection with people? Was it empathy? Was it independence? Was it creativity? What was the value that was underlying that role that you lost? Why? What? What need was that serving? And so, for me as a therapist, you know, it's not just um, being a therapist making money; it's helping people, social connection, it is learning. And so, you know, if you've lost something, um, whether it's temporarily or or long term, you know, society is going to be really wonky coming back together to begin with. But try to identify what kind of values that you have to live by. So for me, it's the social connection, and the creativity. And so what I've been doing is FaceTiming and calling someone almost every day to talk to them on my walks. When I go for my walks, I normally make it a phone call walk to connect with somebody. And then I've really been taking time for guitar playing, writing, and I've taken a lot of naps. It's been
0: glorious. I mean, that's really good. It's a good way to look at it is a lot of us do identify as what our job is and what we do at our job. And we find that something we do in our job means more to us than we thought it did. And so that is good to find a way to uh, essentially mitigate the loss of it by just utilizing it elsewhere yeah. as so, best we can.
1: So, you know, a lot of that, that values-based work I stole from Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, which you can find online. That's just psychoeducation stuff that I found on there. Yeah. That was helpful for me. I'm a human being, too. And, like, this is totally rotten world because I'm a people person. I like people. I'm a social butterfly. Uh, you no, know, Delton's called me his—what do, do you call me? Your social what? I don't remember like your social lubricant or something like that, like making social situations go by smoothly.
0: Oh, basically, I just let you take over. And that way I can just stand there and stare into space.
1: Because I thrive on that. And so I've had to find other ways to meet those needs because I I can't just go hang out with my friends. So I have to be intentional about that. And so that's how I've made the most of it.
0: I think that's good. I mean, however we can find that makes us feel the best, have the best mood, and be able to make it through this like really odd, crazy, scary time, I think this is good. And you've got your ways now, and I've got kind of got my ways now, and hopefully we've helped you guys, listeners, figure out, you know, s- maybe something that'll work for you to help you just be able to handle this odd change a little bit better.
1: Yeah, don't take my word for it. Go check it out. I mean, I'm not your therapist, so I can't say this is medical advice or anything oh, like that, but go go check it out. Go, go find a values exploration activity. Kind of identify, you know, what is it that I'm really living by whenever I'm choosing my career, choosing what extracurricular activities, or choosing who I hang out with. And try to find other ways to meet that. Because this is a this is a lonely time. This is a hard time. It really is. Now it's okay to grieve. And it's okay to try to find ways to
0: thrive. I think that that's a good way to close out this podcast. Is telling you all to, you know, find a way to help yourself out. But also be safe. Be careful. Hopefully, wash your
1: hands. Wash
0: your hands. Don't touch your face. But hopefully you are all healthy. And the ones you care about are healthy. Because... You know, as as much as we just want to brush this off and say, oh, everything's going to be fine, it's it, deep down inside, there's still that anxiety of this is scary and yes. it could be very, very bad. And, you know, hopefully all the precautions you're taking and everybody you care about are still in good health and all that good stuff.
1: You know, it's hard to argue away anxiety right now because a lot, of, yeah. in a lot of situations, anxiety is right. Like, this is scary. It, yeah. And so just really focus on what's helpful, whether or not the thought is don't. Think about, I'm trying not to think about, you know, what thoughts are um, true. I can't really argue away. This anxiety is not going to happen, but rather focusing on what's helpful. What can I control in the situation?
0: Exactly. I can control
1: having bleach in my car to bleach my beer before I bring it inside. I can control if I leave and I can control if I let Delton come inside after he's coming from work.
0: That's very true. You're going to
1: stay in the garage from now on.
0: That's fine. Take control of what you can and try to do the best you can. And that's all you can ask for. And if something doesn't work out, it just doesn't work out. But hope for the best and do the best, I guess. And don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. Say no to drugs. Don't set the forest on fire. I can't remember what Smokey Bear says. I
1: mean, they have to stay inside right now anyway.
0: You can go in a forest. It's social distance.
1: I yes, that's true. <laughs> Six feet of social distance between you and the fire.
0: That's very true. All right. I think that's it for the podcast today.
1: <laughs> it evolved really quickly. <laughs> it really
0: did. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 63 of the Malthouse Games podcast. If there's any topic you want us to talk about, question you want us to answer, game you want us to look at if we happen to own it or may get it very easily, you can send us an email contact at malthousegames.com. You can also check us out on all social media at Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S games. You can find me personally at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. You can find Haley at
1: S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-L-Y-G-E-E-K
0: at Squirrely Geek. Uh, I am playing a lot of video games right now, so just hit us up if you'd like to play video games with me or play an asynchronous board game app with me or play on Tabletop Simulator and do some magic, you know, games or something like that. I am down for it. Um, You can also
1: message me on Twitter if you want to. Uh, give me any kind of book reviews or book recommendations. I am looking for book recommendations right now. I'm currently reading Andrew's books he sent me for Christmas. He sent me a PDF, a humble bundle PDF of really trashy romance novels, and they are fantastic. I will get a review to you soon, Andrew. But if anyone else has any book recommendations, feel free to send them my way.
0: Definitely. Until then, everybody stay safe out there, have a beer, and do everything happily i guess sit back
1: relax play some games and have a good time no sit back relax
0: grab a drink and play some games sit
1: back (laughs) relax grab a drink and play some games
0: and wash your hands
1: and wash your hands (laughs) and wash your butt take a bath
0: all right we'll see you folks next time
1: wash yourself
0: okay bye. bye